Reading from Ephesians 1. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us to be adopted as his sons through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ to be put into effect when the times will have reached their fulfillment to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. In order that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Ephesians says to us that we have been blessed in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing that's been poured out to us. I think sometimes in our Christian journey, we end up just in that first chamber where we see some of God's goodness, we see some of his life, some of his resource. And I think what Paul is wanting to do with us as we study Ephesians is that the Holy Spirit would take that torch and let us see truly who our God is and all of his abundance and all of his resource in our spiritual life, all that he has given to us so that we might have life in Christ. It's a beautiful passage that Laura read this morning. And one of the things, as we read Ephesians 1, and we go through verse 14, is your mind is spinning about, what does it all mean? And so I'm hoping in this this half hour that we can figure out what predestination is all about. That's what I want to do. <laughs> you know what? We can go right there, can't we? What does it mean to be chosen? What does it mean to be predestined? But my prayer for us as a body of
Christ is that we would see God's radical love that is poured out for us. I think that's the bigger picture. And that we would start to understand our identity in Christ about who we are. Paul got to that place. Paul was that guy who was on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9. And he was turned upside down in who he was, like many of you have been on your spiritual journey. A guy who hated Christ, and God chose him. God put his hand upon him. And Paul fell in love with Jesus Christ. And the rest of his life was, I cannot shut up about who the Heavenly Father is and his Son and all that he has done in my life. And so verses 3 through 14 is one long breath. It's one sentence. Let me paint a tapestry for you of all that he has and all that he has given to us. Let me help you understand who my Father is. I cannot stop talking because it's too beautiful in his love for us. I want you to see who he is. I want you to grasp his amazing love. Many have spoken of this paragraph, verses 3 through 14, saying it's like a golden chain and the links keep on adding on more beauty. It's a kaleidoscope of dazzling lights and shifting colors. It's a snowball that tumbles down a hill, picking up volume and and larger and grander. It's a long-winded racehorse going at full speed, trying to finish the race strong. Whatever it is, it's a paragraph that is full of praise. It's a paragraph of adoration to the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And Paul does a wonderful job of bringing in all three. This is who I worship. Our beautiful Heavenly Father. His beloved Son, Jesus. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. May we see that this morning as we study this text. Paul says in verse 1, I am an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God. Paul is saying, listen, if there's anything you need to know about me, is I belong to Christ. My life is his. He used other words in the scriptures, I'm a bondservant. Everything about me belongs to Christ. I am an apostle, meaning I am one who is sent out And for Paul, that was a great joy. Like I said, he couldn't shut up about him. I'm sent out to bring to you the good news of who Jesus is. I want you to understand who the Father is. I want you to understand that he will change your life forever. I want you to know to the core who you are in him and your identity. It's so rich and it's so full and I can't have you miss it. I am an apostle sent out by the will of God and I'm not boasting in that. I'm amazed that God would even use me, Paul is really saying. That Paul would take, that God would take a guy like Paul and use his life. I'm one who's sent out. I belong to him. I'm in sheer amazement of who he is. And I'm writing to the saints in Ephesus, those who are faithful in Christ. The saints, meaning those who are 
set apart. They aren't just those who've, who've gotten there. You know, we have all kinds of saints that we hear about. And we, we have, if you're raised in the Catholic Church, little gold chains and different saints that we pray to. And we think they've reached some sort of place where they're holier than the rest. But the saints are you and me. The saints are followers of Jesus Christ. You are a saint. Well, except for that guy right there. We know. You're saints if you're children of God, if you believe upon Him. We're set apart. It comes from that word, holiness. And he says, to those saints who are in Ephesus, to those saints who are faithful, and it has that beautiful idea of, of they're not only believers, but they are ones who are fighting the fight. They're in Ephesus where they're getting hit hard by, by worship to Artemis. They're getting hit hard by worship to Caesar. But you're remaining faithful to your calling, that your life is no longer your own. It's bought with a price, and you're holding on. And God's holding on to you, and you're seeking His heart in the middle of an incredible place where pressures are coming around all over the place. You beautiful saints in Christ. You know, here's the truth about all of us, and here's what was happening in Ephesus. They lived in Ephesus, but they also lived in Christ. Each of us has a human address. We live in Boise, Idaho. But each and every one of us as Christians has also a spiritual address. And that is we live in Christ. And that's the place you can't forget that you live. When you chose, when you believed upon, when you heard God call in your heart and you said, yes, I receive your love, you have a spiritual address and it's in Christ. That is who you are. There's a woman who went through a lot of struggle and pain and yet she still had an incredible contentment and peace about her. And she was asked, how is it that amidst all of the loss and all of the struggle that you can still be at peace? What is it about you that brings you to a place of rest in your life? And she said this, my secret is to sail the seas, yet I always keep my heart in port. Wherever the Christian is, Wherever you and I, as followers of Christ, go, we are still in Christ. And that's one of the big themes, isn't it, as we read through those 14 verses. And all through the first three chapters, in Him, in Him, you are in Him, you are placed in Him. It is because you are in Him. This is what you have received in Him. Do you think Paul is trying to make a point? He doesn't want us to lose ourselves. He wants you to understand who we truly are. You and I both. We are placed in Christ. This is our real identity. What a beautiful gift from the Heavenly Father through His Son. That's where we have life. That spiritual address is where we are given all of the spiritual blessings that are poured out upon us. And so he says, praise be to the God and Father 
of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms in every spiritual blessing in Christ. Paul wants to remind us, like the video showed us, that we are rich beyond measure with spiritual things, spiritual life. We are rich in Christ. And I think the challenge is, let's, let's stop living like spiritual beggars where we're, we're only in the first chamber. We have been given every spiritual blessing, all of God, poured out to all of us in Him. That's what blows our minds. And I think He's wanting to open our eyes to see God has resource of life for you. God has given you everything. When you remain in the vine, you will do nothing but bear fruit, spiritual fruit, life-bringing, bearing fruit. Everything has been given. And Paul recognizes as he begins this, Blessed be the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's wanting to show us where all of this comes from, the source. I get the, the image in my mind as I read this chapter. Uh, if you can think of the greatest waterfalls in all of the world and just pouring out and pouring out and you can't stop it. The abundance that comes and the power and the strength and it keeps pouring out upon us. Every spiritual blessing from the source has been given to his children. That's you and me as followers of Christ. And he can't stop pouring it out upon us. It's been given. So Paul can't help but praising the Father. Blessed be the Father. How do we bless our Heavenly Father? Do you ever think about that? We're like, Lord, bless me. But how do we bless the Father? It should be part of our spiritual practice. It should be part of our love relationship with the Father. That we bless Him. I think we bless Him in the acknowledgement of His goodness. I think we bless the Father when we have a thankful heart. I think we bless the Father when we recognize the gift of His Son, Jesus Christ, who paid the price for us so that we could be in relationship with Him. We bless the Father when, when we thank Him for the Spirit. And as I thought about it, I thought, what is it about me as a dad? What does it feel like where I'm blessed by my three boys? Because I know the Lord desires that from us. Because he wants that relationship, right? I think I'm blessed from my, my children, my boys, when, when they long to spend time with me, they want to spend time with me. Isn't that a blessing? I'm blessed when they say, Dad, come do this with me. Dad, watch me. Dad, check this out. I'm especially blessed when, when they speak well of me. I hear my children sometimes. Ah, I got a good dad. My dad's the coolest. Man, that blesses me to the core. Bless the Father this week, would you? It's a pouring out of our love relationship with Him. Blessed be the Father because 
He's blessed us. We recognize that. He has given us everything in him. There's something I don't want you to miss here because it's important, and it, it, it changes your view of what God has done in us and to us and blessed us with. The original language is very clear. Blessed be the Father who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Blessed us is in, in a term we call the aorist. And what that means is he did it. It's a one-time deal. It was done. The Lord blessed us. It has impact now. It will have impact in the future. It's not, I need and I'm waiting for more of your blessing. Hear this. Every spiritual blessing, everything of God poured out to his children has already been given to you. How do we live life now? We live life with that resource. What he's saying is, if you would just open your eyes, put that torch and open up the whole room, you will see every spiritual blessing that's available to you. Why? Because I radically love you. And I want you to have life in me. You are placed in me. I am placed in you. What is true of Christ is true of us. Our identity is in him. God sees us through his son, Jesus. He is a God of abundance. He's blessed us, not just not like we do as parents. Part of it is, is just out of joy. We see his kind intention, the word is used. We see, we see blessing just out of, like, like we do as parents. We, we just love to bless our children, don't we? We love to spoil them. We love to, to give them good things. There's part of that. But the other part in spiritual blessings, spiritual things, spiritual fruit, love, patience, peace, kindness, grace, joy, all these things. When we see that, part of it is just, is just a pure pleasure of the Lord, like we do with our children. But the other part is, I've given you every spiritual blessing, and it's for your benefit, your spiritual benefit to help you have life. Because we're going to see in Ephesians 6, many of you know the chapter, guess what? There is great spiritual battle going on. Part of my spiritual blessing is spiritually equipping you to face into the battle. I, I benefit you, but I've given it to you all. All of it, all of I am to you. And would you just know through the Spirit that, that it's available? You don't... You don't have to live life worrying about how, how your life's going to turn out. Because I have your life. And your life is placed in me. You need to open your eyes to see all that I've provided for you. That takes us away from worry, doesn't it? A good brother said the other day, in our prayer, we, we worry in the general direction of God. You know, that's our prayer life. We worry in that general direction. It's like, yeah, Lord, I'm, I'm coming to you in prayer, but the whole time I'm just worried to death. And he's saying, wait a second. Don't you know I've given you all these resources? 
Don't you know my life has been poured out into yours? And so rest and enjoy and take from and receive that. I want to tell you a story of abundance when I was a younger child. Because this is all of God's abundance, like the parable of the talents. God's abundance, abundance, abundance. If, if there's one thing we can learn is, is God's love and his abundance. So that we might be able to have life. But I was 12 years old, and I lived in, in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area. And, and I knew the owner of Chuck E. Cheese. At the time, it was kind of cool as a teenager to go to Chuck E. Cheese. Not so much anymore. <laughs> I showed up the other day, and, and there was like old creepy guy in Chuck E. Cheese. But at the time, it was so cool, and it had all these video games, and I knew the owner, and, and he, he, he invited me. He said, hey, Rod, I want you to come down. I have to do some work. And I had a buddy of mine. He said, you two guys, I want you to come down. I have to do some work this morning. And, um, and I want you guys just to come and, and enjoy the place. And we're like, are you kidding? Cool, you know? And then, and then uh, he, had, he had some tokens for us and stuff like that. And so we'd grab a token and, and uh, go play a game. Then we'd come back. We're like, can we, can we, have a, uh, can we get another token? He's like, can you get another token? He's like, come with me. And he takes this big, this big, uh, you know, big mug that they use for pouring out root beer or whatever. Takes this big mug and he goes over to the, he goes over to the token machine, and he triggers some button and it's like a jackpot machine and all these gold tokens come out. I mean, just fill it up. And he goes, he goes, listen. He goes, this is all for you. He goes. No, really, it's your, you don't have to ask me anymore. Here it is. It is for you. And over here, if you guys get hungry, there's this pizza that's really bad for you, but it's here, it is. <laughs> and, and, and all the soft drinks you can have, and, and here it's for you. Take those spiritual coins. It's everything you need and want... And, and, Plug it into that place of life, you know, whatever that game is, wherever that journey is, wherever you're at. That's our God. We know the owner of every good thing. And he says, call me daddy. That's even better. Call me daddy and know that I give you every spiritual blessing in my son, Christ Jesus, so that you can have life. And... And quite honestly, it's not like you need to ask for it all the time. It's been given to you. Sure, we come to the Lord because we're in relationship with him. And it's for the Lord, I need you. Well, Rod, let me remind you, I've given you my joy. It's already been done. In my son, Jesus, who told you this, Rod? I leave my joy with you. In John 15, And may my joy be in you, that your joy may be made full. Father, peace, I'm struggling right now. I I leave my peace with you, Jesus says. My peace I give to you. I'm weak, Father, I know. I already gave you strength. Now just receive it. Philippians 4.13 I can do all things through him who has strengthened me. 
it's already been given. Do you understand? Spiritual blessings. Here, there's an abundance. Would you open your eyes to see it's been given? And now just say, Father, through the Spirit, I need this to have life. Spiritual blessings beyond measure. All of God poured out into us. And so Corinthians 2.10 can say, In Him you have been made complete. Do you understand your identity in Christ? Do you understand who you are? Will you get a picture of the love of God being poured out into your life? You think you walk this Christian journey alone? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am your God. You are my beloved. I know life is hard. That's why I pour out my blessing upon you. And because I want you to know how much I love you. Plain and simple. Don't miss the big picture. He has given us every blessing in Christ. And he's given it to us in the heavenly realms in Christ. That means it's in reference to the invisible realities of our life now. There's a spiritual realm going on. And all of these blessings in Christ come from the heavenlies. That's the source. It is from God. It's not something that's meant to be used in in eternity. It has eternal impact, but it's meant to be used now. So that we're living out life now. And he's trying to remind us of that. Experience in our inner life. So look at these blessings, a few of them. Again, 3 through 14 is a whole tapestry of blessings, and we're going to get into them all. There's a few we're going to get into this morning. He starts off by saying, in a typical greeting, grace and peace to you. Grace, unmerited favor. Again, just because I love you, nothing that you did, but because I can't stop loving you, I sent my son so that we could have relationship. I'm a holy God, and you are not a holy people. You need to be cleansed. And so grace upon you. And peace, not absence of conflict, but that you are made right with God, the Father. And that brings peace, rest. We are in right relationship with the living God. And so Paul bestows that upon the people in Ephesus, and so do us. Those are spiritual blessings. Grace is such a blessing, a gift. Peace, a spiritual blessing. And then he says this. uh, Just an amazing, powerful spiritual blessing in our life. And you are chosen in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in His sight. You are chosen. That is a spiritual blessing. This is, this is Paul who is a Jew and the people of Israel who believed that they are the only ones who are chosen. And what Paul is doing is he's breaking all that down and saying, I want you to really understand who God is. And that He has broken down the walls, the dividing walls. And he wants you to know, dear Gentiles in Ephesus, 
You're chosen. God wants relationship with you, and you can have it. You're chosen. We long for those words, don't we? I choose you. One of our greatest fears is rejection, isn't it? That nobody wants to be in relationship with us, to be cast aside, to be left out. We all want to belong to something. We want to belong to community. We want people to say, we're part of you. It's amazing how that plays out in our life. We get so involved in sports, all these different things that we see, and we've got to belong to this community of fans for a certain team. I lived in Boston for a while, went to school there. Man, there was this group of crazies that were just all about the New England Patriots, you know? And, and it, we are connected. This is our team. This is our life. And they, they just go on and on. I mean, people will buy sports packages just so they can watch their team and say, ah, I'm part of that. You know who you are in this room. <laughs> you ever wonder why Facebook is so popular? For some reason, it's, it's a sense of we belong. That we are chosen. That we are part of this community that is going on. And so people get on Facebook and they write this. They write, hey, I just had a cup of coffee today. It was really good. And I'm kind of like, I don't care. I, I really don't. And, and, and we, we, we all want to be kind. And so we, we send out a friend request. And, and man, it, it feels kind of good when people say, hey, this person wants to be your friend. And we're like, wow, i got hundreds of friends. Look at this. And we sit alone at our home on our computer. <laughs> but there is a little bit of a sting, isn't there, when you send out that friend request and for some reason they don't accept you. And we're kind of brokenhearted over that, as though we had a real close relationship in the first place. <laughs> it's part of our being. We, we long to be chosen. We want to be part. And the Lord says, I have chosen you. You need to just hear that. I have chosen you. Long before the foundations of the world, long before you were even a breath, my love for you was in choosing you. I want you to receive my love it's done in his kindness. It's done in his joy. It's done in his great pleasure. I choose you. You know what? Here's the reality. This is where we struggle, don't we? But wait a second, God. Didn't I choose you? I'm the one who said, I choose Jesus. How does this play out, Lord? What about my free will to choose you? And I'm pretty sure I did. I think our part in the whole big picture of things is that we received his love of choosing. 
If God didn't woo your heart, which he did, you wouldn't be choosing anything. It's all because of the work of the Father through his Son, Jesus. A plan set out before the foundations of the world. I choose you. Receive my love. And so for many of us in this room, we said yes. In our free will, we said yes. But the work was of God and God alone. I think Paul is trying to help us get over ourselves to think somehow I'm the one who changed my life. Somehow I'm the one who got it right. And he wants us to just hear, I love you, dear child. You know what? Volumes and volumes and volumes have been written by the greatest theological minds in the world to understand predestination and your choosing. And at the end of every volume, here are the last words. Huh? (laughs) And I am not a great theological mind, so I go, huh, huh, what? I don't get it. And I don't think Paul's trying to get us to that place. I think he's trying to get us to the bigger picture. It's like going down to Arts in the Park and and we, we saw lots of beautiful paintings down there. And I go, and I, I go, wow, beautiful. How do they do that? How do they, how do they get those colors? How do they paint this, this beautiful scene? How? It's amazing. And instead of trying to totally comprehend that, I just step back and I just go, oh, that's beautiful. I think that's what Paul's driving at. You know what? We're not to be spiritual idiots. It's not that we're not supposed to wrestle with this. But God has painted this beautiful painting of love over us, offered every spiritual blessing, paints that into our lives, has chosen us a color of of red, passionate love for us. And sometimes we just have to sit back and go, that is beautiful. And I receive that love. I think that's what Paul is trying to get at. We are chosen, dearly beloved children in him. God wooing our hearts. It's irresistibly drawn to him. Like a a husband going after his soon-to-be wife. You guys know what that was all about and the pursuit. I want to woo your heart, Kina. That's what God's doing with us. And in that pursuit, we get to freely in our free will say yes. But nothing we did. You didn't choose God. The scriptures are clear. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him in, and I will raise him up. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed that you should go. And again, these are beautiful, these are love things. You should go and bear fruit. I chose you that you'd have spiritual life. I chose you that you might be renewed and restored. All before the foundations of the world, 
I set into motion a plan that my son would die on the cross for your sin because I love you so much and I wanted to provide relationship. I chose you. We still struggle. You know, God chose Israel. I don't know why. God chose Jacob over Esau. I don't know why. But in the choosing, what hangs in the balance is God's heart for mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. How can you miss that? Isn't that love? That God has a plan for each of us. His heart is that none should perish. I'm slow in my promise because I don't want anybody to perish. He desires all men to be saved, First Timothy, and come to a knowledge of Him and of truth. So isn't that what we wrestle with? God chose me And yet his desire of his heart is that everybody would come to know him. And so we say, Father, you are the potter and I am the clay. And if anything, help me to know that your choices, your decisions in this whole plan that you set up, help me to know one thing, that it's all done because of your radical love for me. I choose you. And I choose you before the foundations of the world to be holy and blameless. Present tense, meaning this. This work that I've done in you, you now should know your identity in Christ is secure. Do you wrestle sometimes with whether or not I'm really a follower? Do you wrestle sometimes with, have I lost my salvation? He's saying before the foundations of the world, I chose you, you're my beloved, and I've created in you because of my son, Jesus. You are now holy, set apart unto me, and you will continue in that. Right? That's sanctification. We're obviously in process. But you stand in view of the Father, holy, blameless means without spot. It's an offering, a sacrifice that has no stain on it. Do you understand your identity in Christ? Dear saints, God has given you every spiritual blessing out of love that you might have life in him. And dear saints, you need to know that you are chosen by the Father, that today you stand. The only way God sees you now, this very moment, is pure, cleansed, forgiven. And your place is secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why? Because he chose you. Let's pray. Father, we are blown away, truly, by your love. And Father, we know only through your Spirit that you can help us to see and know. And I pray, Lord, that you will will reveal to us our identity, that you help us to understand our place in you. And Father, we are overwhelmed because of the work that you have done through your Son. Father, thank you for choosing us. May we live out our life now in you. 
and the resources of all that you've poured out upon us. And all praise and all glory to your name, Lord Jesus. Amen.